Blog Talk Radio. Some major plans going forward in two, 2015. Yeah, easy for me to say. 2015, so can't wait to talk to him, get the lowdown of what's going on as 2015 gets underway. An exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Get over there, like the page, get involved in the conversation, whether you like us, whether you hate us, get your voice heard, get on the Facebook, get your friends involved. Got lots of cool stuff on the Facebook. You want to follow us on the Twitter, our handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. If you want to tweet us, and, and of course, our website, thekenreedyshow.com. Bios, pics, fan pics, blogs, all sorts of neat stuff on thekenreedyshow.com. Uh, if you're not listening to us through there, you can list it as a player on the website. So check us out at thekenreedyshow.com. Just to let you guys know, some crazy stuff going on over the next couple weeks. Um, as we said last week, lots of changes coming down the pike. Again, 2015 is going to be an exciting year in the world of pro wrestling, and especially the world of the Ken Reedy Show. Um, so next weekend, I'll be going out to our Connecticut offices to meet in person uh, with my co-host, and we're going to discuss things, and the producer, uh, our producer, and we're going to talk about some some changes to the show. So we're not going to be around next next weekend. We're going to discuss some plans. Look out, pay attention on the Facebook and the website. We're probably going to give you a Royal Rumble pregame at some point on Saturday. I haven't been able to peg down a time yet. We'll be giving you that pregame Raw uh, Raw Rumble show on Saturday. So check out so we can give you the the time immediately. And as luck would have it. I guess good luck for us, but if you love us, bad luck. We're going to try and put some stuff in the can. But after next week, yours truly will be going on vacation. I will be flying off 
to Cancun. Maybe I'll, I'll bring back some luchas with me while I'm in Mexico, but I'll be in Cancun uh, two weeks from actually today, so we will not be doing so. The next two Mondays, we'll be off again. I know it seems like we just got back, but uh, that's our schedule the next uh, the upcoming weeks. Hopefully, we'll put some stuff in the can. Again, stay tuned. We'll give you details on our Rumble pregame show this Saturday. As always, with so much going on in the wonderful world of pro wrestling, could not get through it without my tag team partner, Dave, who's on the line, who I think at this point, Dave, um, my tag team partner may also have to dub him the TKRS Hardcore Champion. Dave, how you doing, Stephen? No missing limb was going to stop me from doing this show. It's my passion. It's a labor of love. I don't get paid to do this, but my payment comes from all you listening and all your support, and I wouldn't miss an episode of this show doing this show, no matter, you know, a, a leg, an arm, whatever. Uh, some of you may know I'm missing a I'm, I'm not missing a thumb, but I almost was missing a thumb. Uh, my day job, I was cooking, and I'll just be brief, and I chopped the tip of my thumb off almost. Uh, it's basically, it's, it's back intact and in place, and, uh, you know, the doctor said that you're going to have some funny feeling in it, but for the most part, you're going to get to keep the tip of your thumb, whereas two other doctors told me I wasn't, so... Um, be that as it may, that's been my a whirlwind 2015 so far between having a birthday and turning 32 to getting engaged on that same evening and then almost losing my thumb. It's been one hell of a 2015 for me so far, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. and I'm, I'm ready to talk wrestling like, like normal. Crazy stuff. And you know what? We are going to get right into it. As we told you, um, big announcement, info, and, uh, you know, 2015 is shaping up to be quite a year and as we said at the top of the show, we have Steve off right now on the line. It's been a while. Steve, Happy New Year. How are you? Great to have you on the show again. Ken, Dave, it's been far too long, but Happy New Year to both of you. Dave, congrats on the engagement and not losing your whole finger. Yeah, uh, thank Ken, you. Uh, if you got an extra ticket to Cancun, that would be great. I hear that Pro Wrestling Magic might be looking for a commentator, so maybe if you got an extra ticket, I can help you out there. Well, that sounds awesome, you know. It's like, uh, are you blackmailing me or bribing me somehow? <laughs> um, good to, well, you no, know, I, I, I got the money to pay for it. I just, you know. <laughs> but, you know, you, you mentioned uh, <clears throat> pro wrestling magic, and, you know, mm-hmm. all of our listeners may not know what exactly is going on, and you kind of have taken the bull by the horns and, uh, you know, moving into, uh, I, guess, I guess, management to a certain extent. Tell us a little bit about your, your new venture. Well, Pro Wrestling Magic is going to blend all the best styles of professional wrestling. I don't want to give too much away, but I can say that if you like this style or that style, it be American style, strong style, lucha, we will have something for you, including women in tag teams. And, you know, I can't say too much just yet, but whatever style you prefer, we will have something to answer that preference. And our first event, will be held April 11th at the Pagoda VFW Hall, which luckily I live pretty close to, so hopefully uh, all of my people that claim to be my friends at the gym will come down and check it out, and family members and whatnot. Um, you know, past that, I'm not too sure where we go, but I know long-term we plan to be a big-time force in the North Jersey wrestling scene. You know, expansion in the future isn't out of the question, but right now we're focusing on 
North Jersey, which is very competitive, but I think we offer a completely different product than what's out there. And don't get me wrong, what's out there is great, but we're trying to go a little bit better than great. We're trying to not just appeal to one niche audience, whether it be just families or just strong style fans or just high flying fans. We want to appeal to absolutely everybody. I want everyone to come, whether they're a child or an old man or old woman, and say, wow, that show was awesome top to bottom. We saw so much different stuff, so many different athletes. And speaking of, I actually, I know I didn't announce this until maybe 10 minutes ago because I'm not too smart and I didn't think of it. However, I think I want to announce our very first talent acquisition right here on the Ken Reedy Show, if that's okay with you guys. That'd be great. Bring it. All right. Awesome. This man claims to be Ecuador's finest export. He is a two-time Ecuadorian Man of the Year. He sold out the Equidome nine times, which I'm pretty sure is a record. And he's currently one of the top stars in Shakara Pro Wrestling. And that man's name is Juan Francisco de Coronado. Wow. Well, you know, and I'm looking right now at his, his, uh, I'm looking at his stats right now. You know, interesting that he's got, already he's got six years experience in the business and he's, he's only 26 years old. So, uh, Mm -hmm. still young with a, with a lot of experience, uh, Give us a little uh, insight as far as what uh, Coronado's style is like and what we can look forward to uh, coming to see him wrestle for Pro Wrestling Magic. And Coronado, he is a smaller athlete for a wrestler. I mean, he's, he's a big dude, but for a wrestler, he's not on the biggest side. He's maybe 180, 190 pounds. He mixes lucha, high-flying, and technique. He can also fight with the best of them. So he's a perfect hybrid of every kind of wrestling that there is. And I, I don't want you guys to think that we're only going after, quote-unquote, indie names like Chikara, Ring of Honor, etc. You know, that's not what we're all about. We are going to blend those names with the top up-and-coming talents that I feel aren't getting the respect they deserve. And every week we will announce a minimum of one talent going forward until our show date or until we've announced everybody. And Juan Francisco de Coronado not only is on our roster, but he will be in action on April the 11th to go to VFW. That's awesome. And it's very exciting to hear uh, um, you getting involved in, in starting your, your own promotion. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. curious, you know, I'm assuming, and this is not, you know, a, a retirement. I mean, you're still going to be active in the ring. Is that a fair assumption? Yes. Uh, what, what I didn't want to announce myself to... as the first talent because, first of all, the whole thing is not just to put me over. I mean, obviously, I'm looking to make this a career. But... You know, it's not all about me. Uh, I will be stepping in the ring, obviously. I'm not going to insult anyone's intelligence and say, oh, wait till the announcement comes on, of course. But me being the first announcement would kind of be a waste and an insult to everyone's intelligence. But no, I'm not retiring. I'm not quitting wrestling. I'm not stepping away anytime soon. I mean, if I were to fail, at least I have this in my back pocket, but that is not in the cards for me as far as I'm concerned. I'm still going, you know, balls to the wall, 100% until I feel I can't do it anymore, and I don't feel that approaching anytime soon. This is just simply another aspect of wrestling I'm getting into. You know, if I can get into commentary and wrestling and promoting and, you know, every aspect, great. You know, but, uh, yes, wrestling and promoting are my main two, and I'm not stepping out of the ring anytime soon. But also, like I said, I don't want this promotion to be all about me. I'm not going to be one of those promoters who just puts himself in the main event every time and, 
you know, regardless of if I deserve to be there or not is irrelevant. That's a matter of opinion. But I hate the promoters that do that. They just put themselves over all show, and that's not what this is about. This is about the future of our business and the right now of our business colliding. And that's exactly what you're going to see April 11th going forward. So, Anissa, I mean, you know, you said that you're going to blend. I mean, you're right. It, you know, this area, North Jersey, uh, you know, mm-hmm. there it, the competition is, I mean, there are a lot of promotions out there, and, and and it's cool. I mean, as a wrestling fan, you know, there's a lot there's Great. a lot to choose from. There's a lot of shows. But, you know, you and I know, and again, not to insult people's intelligence, I mean, there's there's some great stuff out there, and there's some shit. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, yeah. you know, and, and there's everything in between. Um, mm-hmm. What, what when you go into it, I mean, I know you're saying, you know, you, you're going to have every style, but specifically, yes. you know, when it comes to maybe uh, – Championships, storylines, psychology, stuff like that, specifics. What are you looking for as far as how you're going to set your promotion apart from everything else out there? Well, we're going to blend, and I know I've used some a little bit of colorful language, not as much as I usually do in my uh, everyday life but in this interview, but this promotion will be family-friendly. Besides for the men in tights kicking each other in the face repeatedly, this will be 100% family-friendly. You're not going to see any, you know... Um, glass tables or thumbtacks or barbed wire. I mean, unless we do one show every year for that, but that is not in the plans at all. This is completely family-friendly. Everybody from, like I said, the child to the great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparent will enjoy this show. As far as champions, we haven't announced anything yet. Obviously, the heavyweight tag team and women's champion in just about every promotion. So I don't see us being any different as far as if we'll have a secondary championship. I, I don't know. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, I'm at Outback right now, and uh, I just get recognized by some drunk guy. But anyway, uh, <laughs> there will be obviously a primary tag team and women's championship. Secondary, I don't know if there'll be a need for it. We'll see. We'll announce that at a later date. But, I mean, we're not going to be worried about that the first show. Obviously, that's going to set the pace. And our championship committee, which is still being assembled, We'll decide, based out of that, if we do uh, four-corner survival, a tournament, a gauntlet, I don't know. And I'm leaving that in their hands because I don't want to be the promoter that books his own stuff, you know, all on his own. So I'm going to leave that to them. And the first show is going to be very important because it's going to determine, you know, who's involved in what title picture and who's not. And, uh, you know, it's not all about wins and losses. It is about the performance, but... You know, if you lose every match, you're not going to be getting a championship match, bottom line. I mean, you know, we all win some, lose some, but wins and losses matter in pro wrestling magic. And I think that's a lost art. Steve, I got a question, a couple questions for you. One, mm-hmm. um, you know, our listeners from this show, as well as myself and Ken, you know, we met you through the BWO, Body Slam Wrestling yes. Organization. Um, any, And, you know, you've worked with other promotions as well. Are we going to see mm-hmm. talent from any of those other promotions, possibly in your promotion? One, are we going to see you not booked in any other promotions and strictly in your own promotions as well? And is there any, is there any kind of conflicts of interest with your relationships with some of the other promotions now that you're starting your own? I mean, I don't see any. And if anybody has a conflict of interest, their opinion is probably not important enough for me to care about. But I haven't had any issues yet. Uh, D2W which is my primary promotion right now, is all for it. I highly recommend going to their Pro Wrestling Academy in Wharton. We don't have a school right now, but we will be sending any potential students to their school to train with Damian Adams, who was in OVW for three years when they were a WWE territory. 
and is one of the most phenomenal wrestlers on the East Coast today. Whether or not we'll see anyone from BTW and Pro Wrestling Magic, I'm not going to say for sure. I can't see absolutely nobody from there signing with us, but as I said, I really want to keep that close to the chest right now, and I don't want to announce who, but obviously we're looking there. We're looking at Chikara. We're looking at Ring of Honor. We're looking at... I mean, BWL is not running right now, and my good friend Preacher just, you know, for lack of a better term, broke his neck on a CZW event, and I wish him the best in recovery, but that's one less place I have to work at the moment. You know, i got to pay bills. I mean, this I'm not going to insult anyone's intelligence. This is not my primary method of income, but I make a little bit from it, and, you know, that's missing. Something's got to be made up, and that's one of the reasons... I decided to get involved with Pro Wrestling Magic. And I, by the way, if you're listening, I wish you the best and the quickest recovery possible, even though I text you frequently to make sure you're okay, as if there's going to be any progress in like a day. But it's just wishful thinking, I guess. And I don't see it hurting my performance elsewhere. I wrestle for also superstars of wrestling. Here and there, they change their roster a lot. So I'm not on every show. I'm on maybe three or four a year. So I'm... EPWE, another promotion I work for, is not running a lot right now, so I honestly can't see any conflict of interest. But I'm also not limiting myself just to pro wrestling magic. If you want to book me, hit me up on Facebook, on Twitter, steveoff at yahoo.com is my email. Uh, If you're a fan or a promoter, hit me up on there. If you're not, please don't, but (laughs) that's what the email is for. So if you have any interest in booking me, I have footage, I have promo shots, etc., you know, so I'm always willing to work. So it's not just all pro wrestling magic and nothing else. But that is my priority right now, making this the biggest it can be. Because not only will it benefit me, but it will benefit the fans, the wrestlers, and the future of our business in general. It's really exciting. I mean, I you know, being a fan of the business and, and the, you know, there's there's so many promotions out there. You know, I've never uh, got to really see... Uh, a promotion start and, and watch it grow from the ground up and and I'm excited I'm excited for you I'm happy for you I'm excited as a fan um, you know I think anytime uh, there's another choice for fans it's a good thing uh, anytime mm-hmm. there's there's competition out there it's a good thing um, you know as, as when when you're looking to grow this now from the ground up if if we can if we can actually uh, fast forward and let's just say we're mm-hmm. doing this interview. Uh, January 2016, where do you hope uh, Wrestling Magic to be? Um, I haven't thought too far ahead besides successful, period. But I'd love to see us running some stuff out of state. I'd I'd love to, you know, get us into, you know, Pennsylvania, New York, Florida, the whole East Coast. I'd love that. Whether or not that's feasible in a year or two, I don't know. Uh, Long term, I'd love to see that. Whether it's in the cards, like I said, we'll see. And... I just want to be successful. I want my company and everyone associated with it to be successful, and especially the younger talents who will announce in coming weeks that aren't working a lot but have a ton of talent and have great training experience. And, you know, I'll say more when they're announced because I know exactly one or two in particular I'm talking about. And, you know, you don't know who they are right now. In the next couple of years, you're going to know, and you're going to be seeing them on television. And hopefully I'm one of those people, and if not, at least I contributed to somebody you know, at least having a shot to make their career that they deserve to make. Oh, this is a very, and, very exciting. You know, oh, go ahead, sorry. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up about it. I, I can't say enough. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great time in general in the business. TNA signed a new TV deal. You know, PWS is on TV now. Ring of Honor is going strong. 
they, you know, New Japan is now on some TV. I don't get it, unfortunately, but they're on some TV networks. Obviously, WWE is not going anywhere. And, you know, you got the NWA now working with New Japan. It's, it's a great time to be a wrestler. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. It is, and I'm excited, and, you know, I'm, I'm excited to to see this grow and move forward. And, and by all means, Steve, do not be a stranger as, as we move forward uh, towards Absolutely April not. to the, the debut. Uh, you know, come on, uh, talk, promote. Uh, you know, let's pack the house, get as many people as, as we can into that venue. Uh, uh, with April 11th, you said, correct? Yes, sir. April 11th, so let's, let's pack the house. Again, um, give everybody all the information, uh, again, as far as uh, the inaugural show of Pro Wrestling Magic. All right, Pro Wrestling Magic, April the 11th, 7.15 p.m. start time. Just in case you're running late coming from work, we give you an extra 15 minutes. No one else does that, we do. Uh, but go to VFW Hall. Right now, our plans are to make ticket prices, and, and this is unheard of from what I understand, $10 for one ticket. You buy two, it's only 15 You buy three tickets, it's only $20. Basically, you buy two, you get one half. You buy one, you get one half off. You buy two, you get one free. And I don't know how long that promotion is going to last. We haven't determined that yet. But in the beginning, that will be how the tickets are sold. So please get your tickets early. At that rate, what are the chances it doesn't sell out early? That's a good point, man. Right away, right away, like with with the ticket prices, the way you're you're pricing them out like that, uh, right away it seems like this is going to be a very – fan-friendly promotion. I, I like the sound of it. Before I let you go, Absolutely. though, i, I got to ask you, as, as someone in the business, as someone who is not only a worker in the business and now a promoter, uh, but a fan of the business, um, I, I have to ask you your thoughts on uh, Randy Savage finally going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, were you a fan of his? Uh, did he influence your career? Just your thoughts on him finally getting his just desserts. I'm a huge Randy Savage fan to this day. I don't, quote-unquote, mark out for many people. Shawn Michaels and Randy Savage and Ric Flair are just about the only three I'll, quote-unquote, mark out for. And Randy is just freaking phenomenal, for the lack of a better term. And his Hall of Fame induction is long overdue. He was a big influence on me. I mean, obviously, I was very young when he was wrestling, but now going back, watching tapes, watching YouTube, you know, Randy Savage, it's hard to argue that anybody was ever better you know, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, as good, sure, but I don't think there was anybody better than Randy Savage in all aspects. And, you know, you, you see me walk to the ring, I'll sometimes do, like, the, uh, the point out to the side and spin around once. Yeah, that, that's a tribute to Randy Savage. I don't drop the elbow drop because I don't think I can do it nearly as good as him, although it's not ugly. It's not quite as good as Randy. So why disrespect him by doing it? But Randy's a huge influence on me. I think the Hall of Fame's long overdue. I wish he was still with us to accept the award. But better late than never, and it's a great thing for his family, his friends, and his fans, and the business, period. Great stuff. Thank you so much for giving us uh, some time. Again, everybody, check out Pro Wrestling Magic. First show coming up April 11th, and we'll we'll keep you posted on all the information. Absolutely. Please go like us on Facebook, Pro Wrestling Magic, on Twitter, at Wrestling Magic, Instagram, at Pro Wrestling Magic, and WrestlingIsMagic.com under construction now. Very cool. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you real soon, Steve. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Dave. See you guys later. Take it easy, bro. Thank you. Great stuff from Steve. I, I got to admit, I'm a little excited, you know. Like I said to him, 
you know, I, I I've been to a lot of indie promotions. We we've been involved with uh, you know, indie promotions. We've been involved with with Steve with indie promotions, uh, but never gotten to see uh, something really go from the ground up. And uh, you know, it, Steve just says that there's something. Not that he he doesn't have a spark all the time, but that you can hear it in his voice. There's, there's a spark there. He's uh He's pretty excited to to get this off the ground, and uh, it, it's kind of cool. Just uh, you know, his philosophy on things to to see different styles. Uh, excited to see what exactly pro wrestling Matt is going to bring to the table, Dave. Another place for guys to work, and there's nothing wrong with that. Even you know, people will say, "Oh, well, this little indie that draws 50 people doesn't you know count." Well, it's another indie promotion that guys can go to to work, and if they make 10 bucks, 25 bucks, or no bucks. They get the experience. They work in front of an audience that may be small, but they, they have another place to apply their craft. Wherever you go, you learn something. Whether it's good or bad, you learn something in the business. And you don't hear too many guys out there complaining about, you know, another promotion opening up. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you, 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 for him to try to appeal to all different kinds of styles and the masses, of, of pro wrestling, whether it be strong style, whether it be lucha, whether it be you know big man style, I think that's great because wrestling is the ultimate variety show, and that's what's missing today in wrestling is like different styles across the board. And I think you know one promotion that did that very well back in the day was WCW. WCW had your main event angles with guys who were already established, but you had a good solid mid card with guys who were you know. Who, could have potentially moved up to the main event. You had your cruiserweights, you had tag team wrestling, you had a mixture of all different styles on one show, which made it one of the popular, one of the most popular promotions out there. Obviously, so I really look forward to seeing what um, what Steve brings with all these different styles under one roof. Yeah, really cool stuff. And you know, I had to ask him, being a guy in the business, influence, and we we touched on it a little bit last week, uh, but it wasn't official. It's finally official fans you know forever waiting clamoring got you know when is macho man going to go into this hall of fame finally uh he goes in um i could have done without last week uh, all the uh macho man impressions the video package i thought was great i got goosebumps uh to be honest when he passed uh, one of the few celebrities that really uh, it hit me it really hit me when he passed away um you know, and I, I, I got to admit, I got I got a little, uh, you know, I didn't tear up, but there was a, a, definitely a visceral reaction for me when uh, they finally officially made the announcement on Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, Macho Man, there's no exaggeration. I mean, you know, and Steve kind of put it out there. And, again, I had to ask him as someone in the business uh, his thoughts on Randy Savage and if he was influenced. And, you know, I think – this probably most wrestlers were influenced in some way, shape, or form by Randy. Uh, Randy, the ultimate showman, a guy, uh, you know, you know, sometimes you say style over substance, and, and it's rare that you get both. And with Randy, you did. Uh, just the, the ridiculous, and I mean that with love and respect, the ridiculous robe and ring attire that he, he would wear down to the ring, uh, just the colors, uh, the flashiness, uh, Making Elizabeth his manager, the the gravelly voice, the not only the style of the promos but the content. Sometimes making no sense, but always a lot of fun on the mic. And then just absolute ridiculous, ridiculous 
in-ring ability. Uh, you know, there was nothing this guy couldn't do as far as entertaining fans. And, you know, I've always, when I've looked at Macho Man, I always compared him to uh, Joe Frazier. And, you know, the the if, if there's one knock on Macho Man's career, it's the fact that he came along during Hulkamania. Uh, if, if Hulk Hogan didn't exist, uh, you know, Macho Man could have been the man uh, of the 80s. You know, it just so happened that the prime of his career was right behind the prime of, of Hogan's career, and he just he took a backseat to Hogan. It just That was what it was back then. Um, but much like Joe Frazier, as great a heavyweight fighter as he was, he just happened to be in his prime when Ali was in his prime. And, you know, it's just one of those things. But, uh, you know, it's no exaggeration, Macho Man by far, uh, one of the greatest of all time. Again, could do nothing, could do no wrong. Great promo, great in-ring work, great uh, ring attire. Uh, the charisma could could be a face or a heel. Uh, just a tremendous talent. And, you know, I could go on and on. I dedicated a whole show to him when he passed. Uh, just very excited that he's going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to blather on and on, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tag Dave in because there's so much positive I could say. But finally, finally, officially, Dave, Macho Man Randy Savage to be inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Dig it. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge Macho Man mark. You know, Steve said there are about three guys that he marks out for. Well, Randy Savage is in my three guys who I marked out for list. And Hogan's the other one, too. Um, I mean... Randy Savage, I, I said this a long time ago, but Macho Man Randy Savage was Mr. WrestleMania before Shawn Michaels was Mr. WrestleMania, okay? And when I look at Randy Savage and, you know, everything that you, every sentiment that you just expressed about Randy Savage, I couldn't agree with you more. But the one constant that, that, that sticks with me when it comes to Randy Savage is Randy Savage is the definition of what a wrestler does to stand out. Across the entire board, from his from his raspy voice to his promos to his look to his in-ring ability to his mannerisms as a, as a character, Randy Savage made you want to buy a ticket to go see him, whether it was to see what he was going to wear next, to see who he was going to face in the ring and his and and his performances in the ring, to to, to see him cut a promo, a crazy one, or just to hear him talk or whatever. Randy Savage stood out like a sore thumb, and he was a cornerstone of the wrestling business and of WWE. Would never be forgotten. Long overdue. I'm, it's bittersweet for me because, like I said last week, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it to WrestleMania this year. I have some other obligations that I have to um, attend to, and of course, planning and preparing for a wedding. Finances aren't going in my favor to head out to you know, Northern California to be there for one of my favorite wrestlers, Hall of Fame induction. But I'm going to have my own little Macho Man party, Hall of Fame, watching on the WWE Network when it happens. But um, it, it, I couldn't be any happier. Having Hogan do it makes complete sense. People want to crap all over it because they had a rocky relationship. But Hogan makes the most sense. It, it sells tickets, and it's going to get people to want to see Hogan induct the Macho Man into the Hall of Fame. And I'll tell you right now, if Randy Savage didn't have a falling out with Vince McMahon in 2005, I'm sure Randy Savage would have been the one to induct Hulk Hogan into the Hall of Fame as well. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It just goes together. 
You know, and it's funny, man. I mean, you brought it up, and, and we're running late. We'll get to the news in a sec. But, you know, it's I, – I, I don't know what to say about, you know, people like – I mean, if Hogan said they, they made up towards the end and, and, and Randy Savage's mom confirmed it, who knows what I, – I mean, you know, you look at there was a conflict, and it seems like it's become trendy to, to say, oh, Hogan was all in the wrong. Look, I'm sure that they were both in the wrong – I'm sure there was a little bit of Hogan ego and, and stuff that probably added to the conflict. And I'm sure, you know, there's lots of stories of Savage's paranoia and, and just his absolute intensity. So, like, you know, those type of individuals and, and guys that, like, you know, are always going to push to be better. Um, you know, whatever. I agree with you. I, it's just it's it's the smart Hogan conducting Savage is, is the best move. It's It's the mega powers. It makes perfect sense. I like it. I mean, I like Hogan, but there's always two sides to a conflict, and, and both were probably at fault when it all went down. So, you know, it, it was what it was. The one thing I got to say, though, and, and not to no disrespect intended, man, but you know what? If, if you have a conflict with Hulk Hogan, don't ever make amends. Don't ever make up with him. Because, man, like, I mean, look at Macho Man and, and Hogan have this long-standing behind-the-scenes feud. They make amends. Within a week, Macho Man passes away. And holy cow, like, how long was his feud with Warrior? They make amends. <laughs> with, within days, he passes away. So I just as a warning to everybody, if you got heat with Hulk Hogan, keep the heat. Do not make amends with him. It will not be good for you. <laughs> Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. We have a few of you on hold there. We're going to get to you after the break. But you know, we only do it here. We do it at the top of the hour. It is time right now. The day five fifty fifty news report. You heard the man. It's only done here on the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. This is the day five fifty fifty news report, where I, in my personal opinion, not yours, mine chronicle the top five stories this week in the world of professional wrestling. And you know what? I'm going to get right down to it. Top story this week. 2014 Ken Reedy Show Independent Wrestler of the Year, Matt Hardy, designed the blueprint, the business model of a wrestler's schedule in today's industry. We, Ken and myself, even predicted that in 2015, more would follow suit and be seen in multiple promotions with television deals, without the hassle of exclusives. Excuse me, I'm all fired up. Macho Man's going in the Hall of Fame. Exclusivity to a certain promotion. Well, 2015 just started, and it looks as if former WWE superstar Alberto Del Rio, a.k.a. now known as Alberto El Patron, has grabbed that business model by the throat and is running with it. It was announced this past weekend that Patron had signed with Triple A's Lucha Underground promotion when he made an appearance at the television tapings that is set to air sometime in February. It was also announced that Patron had signed on to appear for Ring of Honor through the month of April. Patron made his Ring of Honor debut at a television taping earlier this month, and with the success of his debut, Patron looks to have made more of a commitment to the promotion going forward. If the hits didn't keep on coming for Patron... Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer reported last week that TNA had sought out the services of the former WWE star to make his debut for the promotion at their New York City television tapings two weeks ago when they premiered on Destination America. However, Patron had turned them down. 
It's being alleged that Patron was offered almost a half a million dollars to work minimal dates for TNA, a.k.a. their version of the Brock Lesnar schedule. No particular reason has been given as to why a deal was not made by both parties at this time. USA Network announced last week that WWE Tough Enough is returning to their programming. Chris McCumber, I hope I said that right, president of USA Network, stated that the show will return with a totally new format with live elements as well as a social media presence added to the show. No filming schedule or air date has been announced as of yet, but there are many rumors that suggest WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin, oh hell yeah, will return to the host, will return to host the reality series as he hosted the last season of Tough Enough. And he's publicly stated he'd love to participate in this series again. With that being said, his participation is only speculation at this time. The home of the 2015 WWE SummerSlam pay-per-view is no more, as New Jersey state officials opted to close down the IZOD Center in East Rutherford, New Jersey, citing the venue would cost too much to operate for the state of New Jersey. Officials said that upwards to $8 million it would cost them to operate the IZOD Center. All events scheduled to run through March will have their contracts honored after the Pruden- at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, excuse me, they'll take over the contracts in the eyes out center. Man, I am tongue-tied today because a macho man. <laughs> WWE publicly stated that they're looking for an alternative to host SummerSlam. The previously mentioned Prudential Center in Newark, as well as the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, Madison Square Garden in New York City, and the 30,000-plus Red Bull Stadium in New Jersey had also been discussed to host the biggest party of the summer. As of right now, SummerSlam is still without a home. The Wrestling Observer reported this week that former TNA World Heavyweight Champion Bully Ray looks to be headed back to TNA Wrestling. Both sides are in talk to bring Ray back to the company, but no deal is in place currently at this time. Some in TNA have speculated that they wouldn't be surprised to see Bully Ray return but did not indicate if it's entirely true regarding his alleged return. The Wrestling Observer did report that allegedly a deal between WWE and Bully Ray fell through, and that's why his return to TNA could be imminent. But that's only a rumor at this time. And our final story this evening. Speaking of contract statuses in TNA, TNA's head of talent relations, John Gaburik, announced this week that Kenny King, Manic, Gail Kim, Jeff Hardy, and Awesome Kong have all signed new deals with TNA Wrestling. Like most of the roster before the hiatus, these individuals' contracts were coming to a complete close with the exception of Kong, who was brought in as a surprise on the January 7th Destination America premiere, where allegedly she signed a new contract at the last minute before making her return to television. And there you have it, folks. That was the Day 5 News Report. Only... Yes, I said only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night. Back to you, Ken. Good stuff. Lots of interesting stuff. I can't believe, man, it's crazy. You know, living in this area, especially in the Northeast, uh, crazy how how the Prudential the Prudential Center, uh, the Izod Center, closing out of nowhere. Uh, I, I know a lot of people in this area. Um, you know, wrestling fans, uh, as well as, you know, a lot of entertainment, you know, grew up 
uh, with that. And it, you know, it was Brendan Byrne Arena, it was Continental Airlines Arena, I and mean, it's been it's been a bunch of things. But uh, uh, the idea of it closing is just uh, you know absolutely crazy. I mean, you know, friend of ours, uh, Kevin Knight, runs uh, IWF. Uh, you know, he, he had posted on Facebook that he went. He wanted to go to the the last event that's going to be there. And it's actually a monster truck rally. And, uh, you know, he was just, he was emotional. He grew up a wrestling fan. Uh, he, he basically credits that building for making him a wrestling fan and, or at least having a big part of making him a wrestling fan. And, uh, you know, he was emotional. And when he went to buy the ticket, he said the uh, woman selling him his ticket was in tears. Uh, so, you know, it's just huge. I mean, for fans, it's, it's, a, it's an incredible blow. Uh, in this area, and you know the poor people that worked there had no idea this was coming, so they're all out of work. Uh, just crazy. I mean, I, I can't ever remember an arena of any sort closing, at least in this area, so suddenly like this. So uh, it's amazing. SummerSlam, you know, coming back to New York, New Jersey, and, and now it's uh, it's floating around out there. Where the hell it's going to go? Just just a, it's, it's an absolutely crazy story, Dave. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is crazy. I mean. I've heard some some rumors that uh, that 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 crooked governor over there, Chris uh, Christie, he might be involved in the reason why this. Uh, you know, obviously he's got some hand in uh, why this, this building is shutting down, but it might have to do with his relationship with uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, possibly maybe building another arena, or maybe Jerry Jones getting his hands involved in another arena somehow. I don't know. I. I, I just kind of vaguely read the article that was posted on uh, Busted Open Dave LaGreca's Facebook page um, where it was talked about. But, I mean, I had the pleasure. We had the pleasure. We sat together um, the night after WrestleMania 29, which, uh, which, by the way, won us a Slammy Award um, at that Monday Night Raw. We got to witness probably the greatest Money in the Bank cash-in of all time, the loudest pop I've ever been in a building for, to, uh, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, cashing in on uh, Alberto Del Rio to win the World Heavyweight title. Um, that building's got a lot of history. They've hosted a few Summer Slams, 2007, 1997, uh, 1989. They hosted Summer Slam as well. Um, they uh, they hosted a very rare WCW event. Uh, not too many people know, but I think it was in July or August of 1990. Ric Flair won the, the, the WCW World Heavyweight title from Sting in that building which was a very rare time that uh, occasion where WCW ran the Meadowlands. Cause, you know, that, that's WWF territory, or was WWF territory at the time. So it's, um, it's quite odd, but, I mean, here's, here's a suggestion for, for me. I mean, with the exception of what WrestleMania did for the, the New York, New Jersey area a couple of years ago, I mean, Northeast wrestling fans are the most diehard wrestling fans. You know, Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, that area of wrestling fans are like hardcore, tried and true, diehard, loyal wrestling fans. I mean, I, I, scheduling purposes, obviously logistics, it may cause something, but, you know, putting it outdoors maybe at MetLife Stadium, I'm pretty sure that that could be the only show in that area that could sell out just as much as WrestleMania did, um, and it not being a WrestleMania event, um, considering the amount of people that would come from those surrounding states to, to, to fill up MetLife Stadium, or they can give it a try at that Red Bull Stadium, that soccer stadium that seats about 30,000 people, and try SummerSlam in an outdoor venue. I think that'd be pretty cool. But um, it looks like, from what I'm hearing, that the Prudential Center in Newark might 
get first crack at SummerSlam because it's the state of New Jersey that's got the contract with WWE to run, uh, you know, the, the event there. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it's sad because there are some great wrestling memories that have taken place in that building. I can name a bunch off the top of my head right now, but I'm not going to go that far because we still have another show to do. Yeah, man, crazy stuff. I would love for it to be in MetLife Stadium. It would be cool, actually, to try and get tickets and go back there and uh, watch an outdoor wrestling event and not freeze my ass off. So that would be yeah, cool. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Let's go out to the phones. Feel have been patient. We'll start off. We got Tony on the line. Tony, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Doing all right. What do you got for us, man? All right, well. Like I said last week, you know, I'm, I'm glad that the Macho Man is finally, finally getting the Hall of Fame induction. You know, I mean, he's you know, me too. He's another guy that I, you know, you know, I'll say mark, you know, mark out for. And I still, to, you know, to this day, you know, he's still you know, my one of my, if not my all-time favorite uh, favorite guys that I've ever uh, I've, I've, I've ever seen. It's, it's you know, like I said, the guy was just amazing. It was just you know, he just had the whole. He was. <laughs> I'm gonna to, to steal Lex Luger's first. He had the, the total package, in, in my in my mind. I mean, that, you know, so this was like, uh, you know, like you said, he had the the ring ability was amazing. He was, you know, it's like the outfits were great. Whether he came out in the early '80s with like the robe and the bandana or whatever, or whether he came out in the '90s with this jacket and the tassels on the sleeves and the hat and all that stuff, you know, and then uh, you know, promos were great. You know, his matches were. Really, a lot of fun to watch. You know, even like in his WCW days too, he had he had really good, he had a good number of matches with Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, you know, a couple of WCW pay per views. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 the guy really had a great career. I mean, uh, definitely, you know, I was like no one more deserving than than Randy Savage. Like I say, I just wish he was here. I just wish he was here to, to accept it. Yeah, you know, and it's funny, man, because you know, like they, the WWE they put that video package together, Macho Man, and you know. I mean, let's face it, and we all do it, but, you know, I, I generally watch, uh, I usually watch Raw Live, I watch SmackDown, uh, dvr and, you know, recap stuff, stuff I've already seen, you know, I, I fast forward through it, and, you know, like, I had to stop and watch the, the Macho Man video package again, and, I, and it just, like, and it, like, I just, I'm smiling ear to ear with, with everything, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's a good analogy saying total package, I mean, you know, as, as a montage of, of, of promos is going on, uh, you know, I'm smiling ear to ear. I'm, I'm giggling at, at some of the stuff he said, his interactions with Mean Gene, uh, you know, and stuff like with Elizabeth, you know, will you marry me? You know, it's just like, I, I just, I just grinning ear to ear the whole, uh, you know, one of my favorites, uh, you know, it is, it, it's, it's bittersweet that he's not going to be here to accept it, but, um, you know, you got a lot of wrestling fans and a lot of wrestlers out there that, uh, you know, have Macho Man down as, as one of their, if not their all-time favorite. It's just, uh, it's going to be a special Hall of Fame induction this year. So, uh, very excited to uh, see him go in. I'm curious because, you know, Tony, switching gears a little bit. I mean, you're you're a big fan uh, of, of Daniel Bryan, as, as a lot of wrestling fans are. You know, finally back uh, in the ring, I'm curious, you know, what your thoughts were, how he looked in the ring the other night on SmackDown. I thought it looked pretty good. I, I, I thought it looked really good, actually. You know, it's, uh, he, got the, he had the match with Kane. I know the opener, and they had the, it was in the sixth man, which I thought was, I thought that match was pretty decent. I, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, 
I think you know the, the guy is still really good. The guy is still really good, and I think you know he can still go. Um, you know, so it's you know I mean I, you know I'm I'm glad that that you know, I, you know I'm I'm glad that he didn't have to you know just hang up the boots you know because from just you know because I, I was like you know probably a lot of most fans were too because like this was going to be a career-ending injury and thankfully you know, it wasn't. So you know like I say you know, I, I'm glad he's you know, he's back in the ring uh, uh, you know and then. Um, I can see he's going to have to rematch with Kane on SmackDown this week, and that'll, uh, so I'm, I'm guessing he'll win that, and he'll be in the Rumble. And I, re- you know, like I said, I'll, I'll say, you know, I, I would really love to see it. You know, it should be, it should be, since he's back, you know, I'm, I'm going to see him, him beating Lesnar for the title, and then hopefully he can have the run that, that with the belt that he didn't that he didn't get to have last year. Yeah, so, like, if you if you had your druthers right now, uh, I mean, if you're fantasy booking, you have you have Lesnar win the Triple Threat, you have Daniel Bryan win the Royal Rumble, and Lesnar remains champ until WrestleMania, and that's your main event. That's what I do. Yeah, this way, you know, like Daniel Bryan can be, you know, he, like I say, you know, he he can be the guy who not just won the belt, but be the guy that ended Undertaker's WrestleMania streak at WrestleMania. Yeah, and I can see you know, it. It's it, it, it's. Uh, I'm curious, you know, it, it does set up quite a, quite a you know David and Goliath uh, kind of feel to it. Um, do you think like do you think it'd get redundant, or you think the comeback thing would work? Because I mean, I mean, let's face it, last year the whole the, the lead into WrestleMania was Daniel Bryan's uh, rise against the uh, authority to finally get to main event WrestleMania. Uh, <laughs> now, similar. I mean, would you would you get into uh, the similar storyline heading to WrestleMania, you think that's a, a sound move for them to go in? So, uh, you mean, yeah, like redoing what they did last year? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you would do the whole. I, I don't know if I'd do the whole thing with you know, like the, the, the Stephanie and Triple H constantly saying that he's nothing or whatever, like they're doing last year. I mean, I, I think I, I don't. I don't know if I would, uh, you know, repeat all repeat all that, but. Um, you know, like I say, it's just you know, I would I would just want to see the match happen, you know, at WrestleMania, see him, you know, see him win the belt, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't know as far as like you know rehashing the story, you know, storyline from last year. I mean, it it had its ups and downs, you know, for sure. You know, I mean, you know, I felt about it when they got screwed out of the title at SummerSlam last year or year before, but um, it's you know, yeah, I mean, I like I say, I don't know what they're gonna do, you know, like I say, I. You know, because it's like I said, I, I don't think Roman Reigns is really the, the guy they should be strapping their you know, rocket to. Because it's just like you know, it's like he's on his own. He's just like really not been the, really not been all that entertaining, especially cutting those like talking like Sylvester from the freaking Looney Tunes, you know, with them and you know, doing the uh, you know, you know, all these weak promos. You know, it's just like I don't know. It's just like I I don't know if he's ready for it. I mean, you know, it's like I mean, we've seen with Daniel Bryan that he you know that he. You know, I mean, he had two great matches in WrestleMania last year. I mean, he could, you know, I think he could have another. He could, he could have another really good, you know, really good one. Uh, you know, at this year's WrestleMania too. Uh, you know, so I, like I say, you know, it's like me being the, you know, being a big fan of his. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I would really love to see him be the, be the guy who wins the, you know, wins the title and holds on to it for, you know. I don't, I don't know for you know for a good for a good number of months and then you know it's like I don't know when when you want to be have Rollins cash the money to bank in but you can always do something with it. like and that's what those guys could be could be interesting to see. Daniel I agree. I, gets, I would I would mind if I could see uh, I could see uh, Rollins and Daniel Bryan having a pretty good program together. I think that I I wouldn't mind seeing that. Tony, 
Good stuff as always. Thanks so much for the call. Enjoy Raw, and uh, you know, stay tuned. We'll, we'll do something probably Saturday at some point for our Raw pregame. But uh, stay tuned for news of where we'll be on next. Uh, thanks a lot for the call. Talk to you later. Alrighty. Take it easy, brother. Yeah. And Tony's take on things. It's interesting. I mean, Dave, I, I thought that Daniel Bryan looked good in the ring. I, I thought he looked a hair slower. And, and it's actually funny because I, I remember way back when using uh, the same analogy with uh, with Macho Man, which is funny that when he got a little bit older, you know, he was still wrestling. And I remember saying to people, yeah, he's slower, but Macho Man slower is still quicker than most of the guys in the ring anyway. And, uh, it's similar. I thought, you know, Daniel Bryan looked a little slower. Could just be ring rust. Who knows? It could be permanent. We don't know. We'll see how he comes uh, back from the injury. Uh, but I thought he looked slower, but, again, probably quicker than most people that you'd see in the ring today. Anyway, he looked good. He looked like a guy that, uh, if not 100% close to it. Um, personally, for me, I'm not sure if I want to see a, a run for Daniel Bryant uh, towards the title at WrestleMania. Um, I, to me, for me, it's, it's too similar to last year's uh, lead-in to WrestleMania. Uh, Tony wants to see it. I kind of agree with Tony. Uh, I don't know if I agree permanently, but I think Roman Reigns has put himself in a place where he's not quite ready to be a main event. But I'll tell you, Dave, right now with what we were just talking about with SummerSlam and who knows where the hell it's going to be, I, I may just if I'm a if I'm the owner of the WWE if I'm Vince McMahon and I'm I'm playing it safe, I got to see if Daniel Bryan is going to be able to shoulder the load. Um, I'm going to hold off with a title shot for a little bit, and, and maybe he finally reaches his main event status at SummerSlam this year. And if you go to a bigger venue, it's Daniel Bryan going after the title again at SummerSlam instead of WrestleMania. That's probably the direction I would go in if I was in control. Again, we're fantasy booking here. Um, but all positive signs from Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, you're right. He did move a step slower, but I think that was just, you know, obviously a little bit of ring rust at the same time, uh, you know, kind of getting his feet wet a little bit and seeing what he can get away with, what he's comfortable doing, what, you know, I mean, you know, his his neck injury and the nerves in his arm, and you know, it's it's pretty serious stuff. And a lot of his stuff is, you know, high flying, high impact. So he just kind of had to flirt with disaster a little bit and see what he can get away with. And I think, you know, as time goes on, he'll obviously get better. And I do agree with you. A slower Daniel Bryan could be faster than some of the guys that are healthier on the roster. As far as his march to WrestleMania goes. I wouldn't mind, honestly, I, I could go either way. I would not mind seeing him win the Royal Rumble and then get a, an opportunity at Brock Lesnar for the title. But here's where I think this could go, okay? You know, there are a lot of different intangibles and variables going into this year's WrestleMania. They, it's been clear as day that they want to they put the house, they want to put the farm on Roman Reigns. And do I still believe that he could be the man someday? Absolutely. I am not getting off that bandwagon. Okay? I still think he's going to be the man someday. But this year, I don't think he's ready. Honestly, I think the injury hurt him. I think whatever they're doing to him with feeding him these, you know, the, the nursery rhymes in the promos, I'm not digging it. It's not believable. His promo he cut on Friday with Renee Young, it was short. It was to the point. It was believable. And that's what you got to do with him. You can't reinvent the, reinvent the wheel with him. You, know, you brought it up when we talked on, the, on our pre-show meeting earlier. 
You know, they try and take some of these baby faces in WWE, especially their top guys like Cena and Sheamus, and they try and make them into cornballs. I mean, it's obviously geared more towards kids, so I think that's why that's the, the main reason why they, they put these guys in positions that they're in and try to make their characters seem funnier when it doesn't when it, ju- it just comes across bad. But anyhow, back to Reigns. I don't think he's ready yet, and you also have to remember too where the Royal Rumble is going to take place. It's going to be in Philadelphia. And that crowd is not very nice if they don't get the kind of wrestling and the kind of storyline advancement that they want. If you want a repeat of last year with Batista in Pittsburgh, I suggest you not have Roman Reigns win the Royal Rumble. Unless, now here's the catch. If you book Roman Reigns to win the Royal Rumble and you have him face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania and Brock Lesnar comes out of this title match, the audience is going to crap all over it because most of them know that that's the direction that WWE has wanted to go in. Now, if you book Roman Reigns in the title match and you have John Cena win the title, okay, then the audience would be more inclined to back Roman Reigns if the Royal Rumble match is going on last, which most likely it will be. If the Rumble match goes on last, Cena wins the title and Reigns wins the Rumble, that audience will probably be more inclined to get behind Reigns because they want to see him kill Cena because that Philadelphia crowd is not like John Cena either. Okay? Now, I still think Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar will get there to WrestleMania as a match, but I don't think it'll be for the title. I personally think that they will have Seth Rollins eat the pinfall, okay? And, yes, some people may say, oh, losing to Cena will hurt him, but he's still got that money in the bank briefcase. They can have him cash in following that match. Lesnar doesn't have to eat the pinfall. They, they have Lesnar interfere in the Royal Rumble match, throwing out Daniel Bryan and a few other guys, and then they lead up to him and Bryan at WrestleMania. Bryan can still beat the guy that beat the guy that ended the streak because Lesnar was never pinned to lose the title. Cena may tie Flair's record, but he won't get the notch on his belt of beating the guy that ended the streak. You can give that to Brian at WrestleMania. Brian comes out happy, you know, and, and, and wins, wins the match at WrestleMania. Reigns beats John Cena because he's eventually going to be taking that spot. So it would be more appropriate if he were to beat Cena for the belt at WrestleMania and take that spot. And then I think at some point they collision course Brian and Reigns at SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's amazing, you know, and it's kind of cool. I, I mean, let's face it, you know, you watch this stuff long enough and you, it, it gets easy to predict things. I, I kind of like all the question marks. Um, I think there's a lot of directions you can go in. Um, it's funny to say, you know, and, and I couldn't agree more. You know, we talked before the show, and it's it's amazing. Like, the WWE, I get it. It's family entertainment. I, entertainment, I get it. Um, you know, it's for kids, but, you know... I, the one thing I got to hand it to Cena, and and you know we donate Cena here, but I, I got to admit, like I'm not a big fan of the times when Cena cuts a cornball quote cornball promo. Um, you know when he when he's corny out there and cracking the corny jokes, I'm not a big fan. In fact, it kind of it kind of hurts me because I'm like I defend you, and now you're just you're being a cornball. I can't defend you now. Um, that being said. I'll hand it to Cena because I do think it seems like that being that corny actually potentially may be a genuine part of John Cena's personality. That it's not just a character decision, that um, he may just kind of be a little bit corny. 
And the one thing that I'll give John Cena is that when he's cutting these corny lines and making these bad jokes, it does kind of come off as genuine. It, it comes off natural. As, as bad as it might be, it comes off as natural. When, when, when Roman Reigns is cutting these, I mean, the, the, oh, my God, the suffering succotash nonsense was just awful. And I love Reigns, and I agree with you. I think he, he can be the guy at some point. Um, but it seems forced. It seems like it's something that he really doesn't want to say and is being told to say. It comes off as scripted, that he's being just handed lines and he's being forced to, to deliver those lines when he's out there. And above all else, it comes off as unnatural. And, you know, I get it that it's family entertainment. I get it that you want to appeal to the kids. Look, everyone has a side of their personality that, that you know, is, is PG. Uh, you know, make things a little more natural for Roman Reigns. Look at his personality and, and find something that works. The cornball jokes just doesn't work for him. Um, you know, the, the, the smiling now all the time doesn't work for him. The thing that put Roman Reigns over was that quiet intensity, that, uh, that, that, that steely look that he gets, uh, that, that intimidating stare. That's what put him over. Uh, allow him to be that. Uh, he, he can still be kid-friendly. He can still be a guy. You know, I, I mean, he got over doing that. So you don't have to necessarily get lazy and just resort to, oh, it's PG. Oh, he's going to be the face of the company. Oh, let's make sure we script corny jokes for him. You know, make him the face of the company, but make it in a way that works in a unique way for Roman Reigns. Um so, again, you know, getting back to my initial point, I, I think that there's a lot there. There's a lot of question marks, which is fun. It's fun going into WrestleMania thinking, hey, you know, I can see I could see Lesnar holding the title to WrestleMania. I got to be honest, I could totally see Cena winning the belt uh, at the Rumble. I could see there being some sort of weird cash-in. I could see the champion changing hands before even even whoever wins the title at Rumble I could see that that person not holding the title until WrestleMania. There's a lot of question marks, which hopefully, if done right, could lead to a very, very fun uh, WrestleMania season that we're on the verge of kicking off. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. We're going to go out to the phones. We got Tony on the line. Tony, how are you doing tonight? What's going on, guys? We're doing all right. What do you got for us? Um. Very excited about uh, Macho Man uh, going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, oh, yeah. He was, he was probably my, if uh, Warrior was my one, he was my 1A. Just always loved Macho Man. I've never been a huge Hogan guy. And my favorite WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania 4. Watch it all the time. I watched it last week because I was all pumped up about this. <laughs> and he's probably the only wrestler who's, made me root for him, but also made me cry. Because he actually made me cry when he hit Warrior with the scepter. And I can't remember the year. I'm sure Dave does. Uh, Royal Rumble, right? (laughs) We hit Warrior with the scepter, caused him to lose the title, and I actually cried after it. (laughs) So as much as I love him, he made me cry, but that's right. I I forgive him now. (laughs) But um, I'm actually... uh, Insanely fired up now for wrestling uh, as far as WWE goes. We went through that bad period, which we talked about. Hardly want to bring it up, but I think uh, 
as we get into Rumble, WrestleMania season, um, you know, next week being at Raw, I think it's a lot of good things are coming. Um, I kind of want to go a little, little different way with it. I'm not sure um, if you guys would agree, but I have a feeling that Ziggler may go over in this. If this is just my opinion, I, I win the like Rumble. See, yes. Okay. I don't know how they're going to involve him in it yet, obviously, because he's fired, quotation marks. Um, but I'd like to see Ziggler win it. I'd like to see him go over, and I'd like to see Brock lose the title. Preferably to Cena, but I could see Rollins getting in the mix there. I don't think this whole part-time champion thing has worked. It's definitely not worked for me. I haven't liked it and haven't liked anything about it. And I, if Brock really is going to leave after WrestleMania, I don't want him going to WrestleMania with the title because, to me, it's just brutally obvious what's going to happen. I mean, he probably would drop it anyway, I know, but I don't want it to be super obvious like that. And with all the diff, the great part about it is what you guys talked about. There's so many different ways they could go with it, which is great. And that's really, I think, what we've all been like looking for the last few months, where it's it gets you excited because you're like, oh, maybe this guy can win or maybe that guy can win. But I think seeing maybe Ziggler go over, I'm not jumping off the reins behind Wagon either. I love him. The promos are awful. And I almost want to leave every single wrestling group I'm on on Facebook because if I see another meme making fun of Reigns, I'm going to lose my mind. So that <laughs> it, to me, it almost like, I feel like Vince sees this stuff like some idiot that works for him walks in his office and like, look what they're putting on the internet now. We can't put this guy over. And it's like, if, if you want to be a good wrestling fan, a positive wrestling fan, and you want new faces and all this stuff, but then you sit on the internet and just trash a guy all the time. All right, he doesn't cut good promos. We know this. Working on it. Hasn't found his niche yet. Maybe it will come. Maybe it won't. We hope it does. Not everybody's going to be The Rock. Not everybody's going to be Ric Flair. Not everybody's going to be Chris Jericho. Those guys were great on the mic because they're great. <laughs> if if everybody's great, then nobody would be great. So he's great in other ways. I still I still sense there's a big pop for him in, in the fan base just as far as when the music hits and he's going out to wrestle. And maybe the shorter... I'd almost want him to be meaner. Go like the cornball stuff. Ugh, it's awful. Make him just a mean guy. Even, uh, why can't he be a mean face? I, I, you know, I'm I'm struggling to give an example of who I might think of. Goldberg. But, oh, there you go. Good, perfect. But I've got just the ultra serious. I'm gonna come out there. I'm gonna kick your ass. Part of my language, but. Be that guy, just a killer, an ass kicker, whatever. Not this. I think sometimes people get too caught up in promos where, uh, you know, can you bring up psychology all the time? Psychology isn't just talking. It's telling a story in other ways, and I think maybe his niche is telling a story in a different way. But I think with the lukewarm response to him right now, I don't think you could have him go over in the Rumble for all the reasons you guys already mentioned. And the last thing, I, I rewatched last year's Rumble, 
and it was almost I didn't I didn't sense it when I watched it live last year, but rewatching it, it was almost like hard to watch because the fan reaction was just terrible. I didn't, I, I couldn't even imagine if I was sitting there, it, I'd, I'd want to leave. Because the la- the worst thing in the world to me is when I'm at a wrestling show and I sit next to a negative person. Because I just want to turn and choke him and be like, I understand you paid it for a ticket and you could have your own opinions and all that. But to sit there and be negative the whole time, the whole idea is that fun, cheer, you know, get into it. But to sit there and just negative and trash every guy that walks to the ring, I just want to turn around and choke him and, you know, I don't want to get arrested or cause a brawl in the crowd, but I almost feel like I'd probably get cheered. <laughs> you know yeah, but it's one of, you know, it, it becomes one of those things where, like, you know, a lot of wrestling fans, which is, you know, gets frustrating. I'm right there with you. You know, it, it's almost like if they don't get what they want, they throw like hissy fits, and and if you get too many people in the same room throwing the same hissy fit, you know, it, it gets a little bit obnoxious. And I think you saw that. I think what the WWE should do in the Rumble this year, in all honesty, is you can't. To me, like you got to you got to be cognizant of the type of wrestling fans that are out there right now, and and you got to see that like, you don't want a repeat of what happened last year. However, I do think as a company, um, and and as, as as a group, and as a as a Vince McMahon who has forgotten more about pro wrestling than any Mark fan promote anyone out there. Okay, so as a guy who look has he misstep? Absolutely. Have there been some creative blunders? Without question. But all respect in the world to Vince McMahon, like the guy, the guy knows the business, um, you know. And and I, I think what you you can't kowtow to what these groups of fans are doing. You can't just decide, well, uh, Philly is going to crap on the ending, so we have to make Daniel Bryan win. I think what you do is you you don't have Daniel Bryan win the Rumble. You use it. You use that reaction if you're going to try and build. Uh, a, a new heel, uh, if you're going to maybe turn somebody, uh, have someone screw over Daniel Bryan in some way, shape, or form. Like you're saying, you want to do, you want to put Ziggler over or maybe turn Ziggler? Have Ziggler in the Rumble eliminate Daniel Bryan. Have them, like, helping each other out, and then he turns around and eliminates Bryan. You don't think that's going to put Ziggler over as a hated, hated heel? Uh, do something, whether you're going to make... And I'm just using Ziggler as an example. But if you know you're going to get that reaction, I would take somebody and and use that fan reaction to build a, another heel. I, I don't have Daniel Bryan win this Rumble this year, but I, I, I would definitely try and use uh, the crowd reaction to put someone over as a heel to eliminate Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great point. Uh, and I think... I think it it even speaks to not having Reigns win it because I don't I'm not sure they want to turn him heel, and if you if you were going to turn him heel, maybe you have him win it, and maybe you have him do everything you said, maybe side with the authority and somehow, which would kind of go against the storyline the way it's been. But you, you know, you never know. Guys are flipped. I mean, big show every other week, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I, it just I, I don't. I, as much as I love Brian, I don't. If if he goes over again, I'm not gonna have a problem with it at all. Um, I just watched the SmackDown match. Also, wasn't his best stuff. Wasn't awful. I mean, he hasn't wrestled in a long time. I don't think you'd expect him to be, you know, on the money right off the bat. It's probably a good idea. He gets a couple matches under his belt before 
you know, you head into the rumble and beyond and maybe get some of the rust off. Because, uh, you know, even that last year, Batista, aside from the fact that he won, I mean, he didn't look great winning either. Um, he was like 29, too. Like, it's not like he had to wrestle like a 30-minute match. Yeah, he, he was, was barely like in it. He was or 29 <laughs> in the rumble. Yeah, he came in. He came in late. I would have come. Yeah, Mysterio came in after him or something. And then, uh, you know, maybe they go back to their roots with Reigns. Where how did they build him to be this the next guy? Uh, He destroyed everyone at Survivor Series. Destroyed everyone at the Rumble. You know, maybe you go that route again, where he's maybe maybe doesn't break his record, but maybe he's right there. You know, going for his record, and uh, you know, he ends up getting thrown out or screwed over or what you know whatever happens you you could almost benefit his character even at, even with him not winning it if they want if they want to save somewhat of a babyface run for him and they don't want him to turn into what John Cena has been for the past decade where he's got a mixed reaction just about everywhere he goes i think either him defeating cena at wrestlemania and winning the title somehow and then maybe turning him heel after that or they have him beat Rusev and end that winning streak. And Rusev is universally hated, him and Lana. They get heat all the time. So yeah. if Reigns were to be the guy to end that streak, then that would add a notch on the Reigns belt that I think he would need climbing towards the title, as well as making him very popular. This guy was the American hero to beat Rusev. You know what I mean? I, I, don't, I just think that... I think that with Reigns, like I said earlier, he's he's got it. He just needs more fine-tuning, and I just think it's rushed. I think the injury didn't help, and I think wrestling fans like to see a build with guys. You know what I mean? Like, they wanted to see with Daniel Bryan. They got it in a sense, even though it was kind of taken away, but then they got it back. Like, they want to see that person climb up the ladder. And Reigns, they were seeing that last year, and then, the like, his absence hurt. But then they knew that when he was coming back, he was going to get forced. And he got forced on the audience, and they didn't like that. So I think if they see an ascent, maybe if he were to win the United States title, have like a strong run with that, maybe even have him go to SummerSlam to challenge for the belt, you know, and, and then switch his character up a bit. I mean, I, I, I think there is, there's, a, there's hope and there's a chance for him so that they don't turn him into John Cena and then they got to figure out 80 different ways to book him as being a babyface, even though the audience still hates him. You know what I mean? How WWE's done that with Cena for the past decade. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, thing, the thing with the Rusev thing is, is, and I totally agree with you, one thing I love about WWE right now is I feel like they actually have absolute heels with Rusev and Seth Rollins, because Rollins is universally booed as well. I mean, I love his work, but he's he's like a, he's on over fire. as a heel. Over as a heel, and I I love it because he walks out and everybody boos him, and I almost I saw they were getting there with Brock, and th- that's where the Brian injury I think hurt him the most is if Brock went over on Brian at SummerSlam, he he would have got booed everywhere, but going over on Cena, half the people in there loved it, <laughs> so I think it kind of changed the dynamic for Brock, and with Rollins now, every, nobody could stand him. His work's great. But nobody can stand them. Rusev, nobody can stand them. You actually have some real heels again, and maybe this time last year you you kind of didn't. You know, you, you, maybe the authority a little bit, but 
actual heel wrestlers through the better part of last year. I mean, Bray was a heel, but his reaction in, in the stands wasn't really a heel. I mean, you know, Ken, we were there at Dives, that center of all places for Extreme Rules. 60-40 for Bray, maybe 50-50. So yeah, you're I right. didn't really get the sense he was like this super over heel. I mean, granted, he's wrestling Cena, which seems to be an issue for heels, but even with Rollins doing his work with Cena, he's still universally booed, which is, to me, outstanding. And the Rusev part of it, I can see where you're going with that thing, but I kind of, my in my head, I've been envisioning Ryback being the guy who me too. goes over I, I against Rusev. Those are the two. And we've, we've talked about it, but that, that may be, Maybe they change it up and they use it for 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 uh, Reigns, but that just seems to be they already kind of they teased it, and uh, you brought it up to me before it happened. You're like maybe they'll tease it and hold off on it and not rush it, you know, tease it here, tease it there, go away from it, and then come back to it for Mania. And I just think that's just like the perfect way to get right back over even more again. Tony, as always, great stuff. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Looking forward to hanging this weekend, watching some yeah, Rumble, Royal Rumble action and, and Monday Night Raw. So uh, thanks for the support, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. All right, guys. We'll see you over the weekend. Awesome. Take care. Take these, brother. All right. Yeah, I, Tony brought up a lot of good stuff. And, you know, and that's the thing that, you know, Triple H and Stephanie don't get enough credit for, you know. And, and again, I think they need to, if they're not going to let Daniel Bryan go over, they need to look at that Philly crowd and, and use – uh, the expected reaction uh, from that crowd. And then Triple H and Stephanie, masters at, at psychology. And uh, masters right now, I mean, they universally get booed. They've uh, allowed, you know, Seth Rollins, you know, an indie darling uh, to basically be a universal heel. And, um, you know, they get it. They really do. They get it. And they get a lot of crap from uh, uh, the Internet and, and different marks uh, about the uh, the fan world. But, uh you know, I, I just I, I I like Triple H and I like Stephanie. I think they they've kind of got a, a real good handle on the the psychology of being a heel, and they built Seth Rollins into you know I mean it's the WWE, the top company in the business. So you're the top heel in the top company. You're essentially the top heel in the business, and uh, you know you got to give a lot of credit for Triple H and, and and Stephanie because Seth Rollins is one of those guys that uh, you know the internet wrestling fan likes and if he wasn't allied with the authority there'd probably be a lot of cheers uh surrounding maybe a 50 50 kind of feel to him but uh that dude's a heel and it's been good stuff we're gonna go back out to the phones we got mike who's been really patient on the line and mike what do you got for the seating hey guys what's going on man i gotta tell you this is uh been a great show i've listened to a lot of people a lot of wrestling fans Talk about great wrestling action. I We heard from Steve Austin tonight. Sounds really good. I'm so proud of those guys down at Wrestling Magic, as well as the wrestling fundraiser. So, uh, you know, two two good wrestling organizations that want to help their community. You know, I'm proud of both organizations, and uh, I can't wait. Maybe I'll get the nod to managing one of those companies, maybe Wrestling Magic. Maybe I'll be reunited with Mr. Steve Wolf and uh, – and the gang down there. But uh, I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm looking forward to Saturday night. I will be at the IZOD Center. I'm going to have my tissues with me because I'm probably going to be crying because that's going to be the last WWE um, show in that in that arena. 
And it just baffles me how an arena like this can close, you know. Um, and uh, today I'm, I'm wondering if the National Coliseum is going to close and follow suit, just like, you know, I hope not, but I'm just saying you never know. And then we'll be left with Brooklyn in a couple of uh, couple of arenas. But uh, not 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 happy uh, with Isaac Center closing. Yeah, it's, I mean it's it's crazy, you know how how suddenly that that came about. And um, I, I'm curious, Mike, do you have any uh, specific wrestling memories, events that you've been to at at uh, the Isaac Center? Yes, I do actually. Uh, nineteen in 1996. Um, that the the uh, the main event was supposed to be Big Daddy Cool Diesel versus The Undertaker versus Bret the Hitman Hart, and Razor Razor Ramon was supposed to be going up up against um, Goldust, and it never came to uh, it never came to be. So they had to switch it out, and um, I actually got to see Roddy Roddy Piper take on the one two three kid in what was a heck of a match. It was such a great match. And uh I also got to see um Yokozuna and team with Shawn Michaels and basically Michaels uh beating beating Davy Boy Smith and Owen Hart. It was basically Shawn Michaels for all that time. Yoko came in a couple of times but Shawn ran the whole thing. That was one. And then uh in two thousand and thirteen I got to go to the Isaac Center to see uh, the house show, which which was uh, it was a, it was it was a great show with uh, you know Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan with the Big Show sitting outside the ring, and uh, CM Punk was also on the card. But it's it's good it's good to see you know when you go to these these house shows sometimes you see clinkers and clunkers, and in 1996 I got to see a garbage man take on a blue blood. You know who would have dunk it? You know that that. Duke the Dumpster Trozzi, um, he loses to Hunter, but it was such a great match, and I, I always remember remember those, um, you know, those house shows. Fond memories, you know, no exaggeration. I mean, I, you know, for a lot of fans out there, you know, uh, they became a, a wrestling fan, like, at uh, that arena, whether it was uh, the Izod <sighs> Center or it was Brendan Byrne Arena or... Uh, Continental Airlines Arena, you know, a lot of people have a lot of great memories there. And uh, yeah, I I, I definitely concur. My mom took me uh, to the Continental Airlines Arena at the time. So uh, and I remember going in, you know, going in there and seeing WWF and hearing Howard Finkel and 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 just being in awe, you know. And that's that's what made me like I, I wanted to go back again. It was just like again and again and again. And you say New Jersey's not that far from my house. I live in Staten Island, so so Saturday night I'm gonna go over there because I gotta I have to do this one more time for the for 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 uh, for, for the WWE at the Isaac Center. I love that building. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, you guys have been there. You guys went to the best one there, man. When when Dolph Ziggler cashed in, I mean that's crazy. You guys went to Raw there the night after WrestleMania, which is the best time to go. So, yeah, it's, I mean it's crazy because you know you, you just think of these arenas and you don't really mm. you know you think they're always going to be there. And uh, yeah, oh. I mean it's funny. I mean between concerts I've seen there, um, I, I saw Michael Jackson there. Um, Did he beat it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did he do the moonwalk? I love Michael Jackson. I'll say, I say he was a huge fan, but uh, you know. The, oh, the Raw after WrestleMania, you know, that's uh, 
that's definitely one of my fondest memories. And not just a, a oh. memory of the IZOD Center, but a memory, uh, you know, my life. You know, that, that is yeah, one yeah. of my favorite memories of just being oh. there. Yeah. Uh, being there the night after WrestleMania with uh, the Rosen clan and just, uh, you know, just, just I, I mean, when, when Ziggler came out, just, uh, just you know, you, you get into this and you watch this this wrestling for a while and you do the show and you get involved with the business and, uh, you know, at times you can be a little bit jaded and a little bit too analytical and it just, when Ziggler cashed in, it was just a very pure fan moment of just uh sheer excitement and just uh a Ugh. Jesus enormous pop and uh yeah that place that, that, was, that place yeah, that was crazy. That place went crazy for Ziggler and he was a heel. Jesus. They were like, yo, this guy's coming becoming face right before our very eyes and and to win uh to win this you know, to win the to, to win it and cash in and win the, the belt right there. I mean that's crazy. New Jersey has always been passionate for fans. Kevin Knight is one of the best guys ever, and 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 uh, you know, and, and I know this. He's a big fan of the wrestling. We know this. He's a wrestler, great guy, great organization. He's got great great people there. But I will say this: he got me into tears when he when he posted that uh, with the uh, Monster Jam and the whole thing, and it, it just got me right in the heart because it's. It, it, you know what? What can we say? Hey, Dave, I know you're all dumbs over there. So what's going on with you, man? How's it going? <laughs> that is actually the funniest thing you've said ever. Like, oh, thank you, Dave. Of all your rants and all your crazy shit that you do when you call in this show, that was probably the funniest thing you said ever. So give yourself a Barry Horror with pat on the back. All right. I might, uh, I'm uh, how about if I, uh, Hey, how, how about if I do the? Woo! Give myself the Ric Flair clap. Woo! I've heard enough of that. Please don't. <laughs> I love I, 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 I I him Ric Flair, but I've heard enough of that. My God, man. And speaking of Ric Flair, the one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life was WrestleMania 8, Macho Man Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah. Versus Ric Flair with the belt. When Ric Flair won it, I mean, when Randy won it, the way he won it, and, and the, the crowd went crazy, and Elizabeth slapped a crap on a flare. It was one of the best ever. Hey, speaking of Elizabeth, I heard they might be inducting Miss Elizabeth into the Hall of Fame. I, I mean, I you know, there's always those rumors circulating. It, it would be nice uh, for it to be the same class as uh, Randy. Who knows? I mean, there's lots of rumors. How does swirling. Sherry go in ahead of her? I don't know. How does Sherry go in ahead of Elizabeth? I mean, I would put Sherry in ahead of Elizabeth, to be honest with you, for, you know, not only her managerial career, but her wrestling career. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd put in Elizabeth. I mean, you know, Elizabeth was, was great. Um, you know, but there's not a lot of, like, she was great just, I guess, being Elizabeth, you know. But there's not, like, a great promo that Elizabeth ever cut. There's a, it was just her presence and her, the uniqueness of her. And it's always it's always gotten under my skin. Uh, when Sonny calls herself the original diva. I mean, it may have been the first time they coined the phrase diva, but to me, the first diva was Elizabeth, period. Uh, she was the original. She was she uh, flipped the script, so to speak. Uh, she added a certain uh, elegance uh, to, to pro wrestling. So uh, as much as I'm okay that, that Sherry went in first, uh, 
Yeah, I would love to see Elizabeth go in, and it would be cool for her when, to go in. When she came out with Dusty Rhodes in, uh, in WrestleMania six, and she made sure that she was going to be vocal and more active in the ring, and she rent Sherry and threw Sherry around like a rag doll. I mean, I, I thought that was one of the best uh, things ever. And then, yeah, and then I, I just, I don't know, I just like WrestleMania 7 when she jumped over the guardrail and had to, had to go after Randy and it had to be Elizabeth Loves Randy story. It was great for the times, you know. Here you had Randy Savage, you had the match made in heaven, um, and then you had the match made in hell. I mean, it was great. I mean, you had, you had two great Things are one card, and Randy Savage was the best he's ever looked in that tuxedo. It was, I'll always remember uh, Randy Savage. But Hulk Hogan putting Randy in, absolutely. Mega Powers for life. Mega Powers in the NWO for life. And don't forget, too, Randy Savage um, helped Eric Bischoff create the Monday Night Raws when, uh, Wars, which I'll be hearing about uh, on Sunday. So I'll be, I'll be listening to the Monday Night hey, Wars, and I can't wait. Great stuff, and thanks a lot for the call. Running short on time, but as always, a treat. Great stuff uh, about the Macho Man, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Okay, we got to talk to you when you go to the uh, last wrestling event. That eyes, uh, I want to hear your take. Are on you uh, when you got, okay now? Right, when are you guys doing the uh, the show for the? What happened to the part where we were short on time? Yeah, probably. Well, probably uh, um, at some point on Saturday, we'll let you know. Check out the Facebook. Uh, let me know, and then I'll call from the Isaac Center, and uh, I'll speak to you guys later. You guys are short on time, and speak to you later. See you next. We'll speak to you soon. Take it easy, Bye-bye. Mike. Thanks. Yep. All right. Bye. And there you go. In the wonderful world of Mike. Wow, you callers. You callers brought it tonight. It's amazing, Dave. And we, I swear to God, we've had TNA on the rundown. For weeks and just, you know, Macho Man, callers want to talk about that. Lots of stuff to talk about. We got to get to Impact stuff, but, of course, we didn't get to it this week. We only got 30 seconds left, Dave. Great show tonight. Yes, it was. Action-packed right down to the wire. And exciting stuff again. Thank you so much to Steve Off for joining us for a little bit. Check out Pro Wrestling Magic. Very excited to get on board. Get on that bandwagon to see where that promotion is going to go. It is time for Monday Night Raw, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned for our Royal Rumble pregame. Check out the Facebook. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody.